Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Buker and Friends podcast. Here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. Welcome to yet another coronavirus episode of Buker and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1, you can hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me on Bleacher Report. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear just me talking about what I exclusively feel are the most important or interesting topics in the sports world, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. All right, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Apologies that these podcasts have been coming out infrequently. I'm working on a book and I am close to done or at least getting the first draft in. And once that happens, I will be back to a more consistent schedule when it comes to producing these podcasts. In the meantime, thank you for sticking with me and taking them as they come. Before I get to the meat of this podcast, I do want to tell you about Mizzen and Main. It's a menswear company. And if you watched me on FS1 lately, you've seen me wearing both their shirts and the thing I want to talk about today, which is their blazer. Now, I've been doing TV for a while. Uh, I've had a lot of custom suits made simply because I found that basically the same price as getting top-of-the-line suits off of the rack and figured I'd like to pick the fabric that I wanted to use and how the, the lapels were made, etc. Look, if you're going to pay, might as well have it the way you want it, right? Well, I got to tell you about this blazer from Mizzen and Main. They sent it to me just to try it out. I wear it all the time, and I did not have to have it fitted at all. It fit perfectly right from the start. It is a great fit for anybody who's traveling. You want something that's not going to wrinkle, that's light. It's made out of the same performance wear that their shirts are. I'm telling you, it looks terrific and I am sold on it I can't wait till they make some in other colors because I guarantee you that I will be getting them but if you need the traditional blue blazer you want it cut in a modern style and you want something that you can wear all the time and not worry about having to send it to the dry cleaners and all that I'm telling you this is the blazer Mizzen in Maine M-I-Z-Z-E-N plus sign M-A-I-N Check them out, mizzenandmain.com. 
It's M-I-Z-Z-E-N-A-N-D-M-A-I-N dot C-O-M. Check them out. Check out the website. Tell them that I sent you, that you heard it here on Buker and Friends, and they may even do something for you. So that's it for the plug. Onward. Reason that I'm doing this podcast now is for those of you who follow my writing. I did a piece on the Pacers uh, breakout star TJ Warren for Bleacher Report, and I recorded our conversation. And I thought that I would play that for you here as part of this podcast. Obviously, some of the comments were used in the story, but it's always interesting to hear it from the the guy himself, the tone and everything that goes into a conversation, what I asked. And there was there's material in there as well that did not make it into the story. So I, I think you'll enjoy that. And TJ is a guy who has not talked to a whole lot of people or has not been very forthcoming. He ended up being uh, pretty, pretty forthcoming with me. Uh, and I would guess that some of that has to do with uh, my relationship with David West, uh, the former Indiana Pacer, Golden State Warrior, Spurrer, uh, New Orleans Hornet, and uh, that uh, David is a mentor of TJ's. And so when David gave TJ the go-ahead to uh, to talk to me uh, or connected me with him and the people around him, including his father, that put him a little more at ease. And then I think he enjoyed the conversation. Well, you'll hear it from him. Uh, I think he mentions it at, at the end. Uh, we didn't go the usual, usual route. And we spoke... The day after the most recent battle between him and Jimmy Butler, not a playoff game that's upcoming, but uh, and not the last one. Uh, obviously, he didn't play in that one, but the one in which he was finally cooled off. Uh, he was averaging, I think, 36 points a game through the first five games and then played the Heat. Obviously, this is the first battle between TJ and Jimmy since they met back in January, I want to say. It was a a Heat one-point win, but TJ and Jimmy got into it. TJ ended up getting ejected. Jimmy was blowing him kisses uh, as he left the court and then said afterward that he was trash and soft and not in his bleeping league. So everybody was hyped up about this rematch and probably one of the reasons why Bleacher Report wanted me to write about TJ. What I quickly found out was that TJ is not a guy who's out there taking on personal vendettas. Was he upset with what Jimmy had to say? Yes. Is he going to remember that and is that going to motivate him? Yes. But what I found from talking to his dad and West and his trainer and his agent and TJ himself is that TJ has always been a scorer, but a scorer with a conscience. So he wasn't going to go into that heat game looking to, well, I got to score 30 or I got to score 40 on Jimmy because I got to win this battle because of what he called me. TJ would have looked at that and said, your mind games worked on me because I stopped thinking about the game and I started thinking about how am I going to beat you, which his father suspects was exactly what Jimmy wanted. Now, I think he ended up only having 12 points in that game. Jimmy outscored him, 
But if you actually watch the game, you know, we, look, we love so- soap operas. We love these, these grudge matches. And in many instances, they do fuel a game. But the fact of the matter is, Jimmy didn't guard TJ for the better part of that game, which I'm actually kind of surprised by. Maybe not. Maybe Eric Spolstra, the head coach of the Heat, knew, I don't want this to become a mano-a-mano battle either, and that this might have led to it. So, yes, TJ didn't score like he did in the first five games. But a big part of that was because the Miami Heat gave him superstar attention. Kind of attention that he had not received in those first five. I mean, look, relatively new that a guy is scoring 53 points and averaging 30 plus. Uh, he was averaging 18 uh, before the shutdown and averaged 18 last year. So when you have a guy like that, generally teams are not going to game plan for that player. But he did enough through those first five games. And the Heat are the kind of defensive team that they decided that they were going to take TJ out of the game. As soon as he came across half court, they would trap him. And TJ would make the right play. He'd pass out of it. When TJ would go to a corner, Jimmy would not leave him. If Jimmy was on him or whoever was on him, they would not leave him. They would give up a drive to TJ McConnell or somebody else rather than let Warren catch it and start to get going. It was, a, it was an effective game plan. It worked. Heat won. But to say that Jimmy won their battle or TJ or Jimmy shut down TJ would be an inaccurate description of what happened. I would say that the way that Heat approached that game was a bigger referendum on where Victor Oladipo is right now. Because if Vic was back to his pre-torn quad self, you couldn't play TJ that way. Because that would leave Victor wide open for one-on-one play. And he would, would have scorched the heat. That didn't happen. So what it also says, and this is, I think, a, something that can be learned for, for fans who may not necessarily recognize this, What TJ was introduced to was the step up that every scorer must go through. And why when I'm down on averages or analytics, or it's simply because the numbers don't tell the whole story. TJ was not getting the attention in those first five games that he got against the Heat. The attention he got against the Heat is the kind of attention that a Kevin Durant or a Kobe Bryant gets every game. So, as his trainer told me, and as he, his trainer told uh, TJ after the game, take it as a compliment. They treated you like a superstar. It takes some adjustment, though, especially when you're a guy like TJ Warren, who's never had that treatment before and was raised to play the right way. If you read the story, you'll know where that comes from and exactly what he was taught from a very early age, along with his own, his own feeling, going back to, you know, from the, from the time he touched a basketball, he could score. But he didn't want to be seen as a ball hog 
on the teams that he played with early. Now, I can tell you, Kobe, from my conversations, never had that concern. KD, never had that concern. If I got the ball, I'm going to shoot it. I'm looking for my shot, now and always. TJ doesn't want to take bad shots. That's just built into his DNA. And so he wasn't going to force anything against the Heat. Well, when you become a, you go from being a scorer to a primary threat, you have to learn that some of your shots that might be technically considered bad or low percentage shots are good because or better than even a quality shot by a lesser player on your team. Because ultimately, what you develop in making those contested shots, and that's really what it is, is is a a contested, off-balance shot, is those are the kind of shots you're probably going to have to make to win a game. Now, you tell me. You remember TJ Warren ever being put in the position where he was the go-to guy in game-winning situations for the Phoenix Suns? I don't think so. Devin Booker was there his, uh, the entire time he was there. So that wasn't happening. And then he had a slew of other, other small forwards there that he was fighting for playing time. Is it happening this year with Indiana? Still wasn't happening even though Vic wasn't there. They hadn't, uh, he hadn't proved himself to that level. They didn't know what they had. Could he walk into that? Yeah, I could see that happening, particularly if Vic never becomes ultimately what what he was uh, after the uh, the injury. So we're going to see whether he can make that evolution. Uh, but never having been a superstar and never received that treatment before, <laughs> it was the first time. Like, give the guy a chance to adjust. And by the way, this distinction between the way TJ was being treated previously and how the Heat handled him, is why I object to Michael Porter Jr. being named the rookie of the bubble over John Morant. Michael Porter Jr. is putting up great numbers. And look, he was on my all-rookie second team, even though he played limited minutes, because he is a dynamic scorer. He is good, and he's way better than I thought. But he is a complimentary player. He's a role player. He's what... T.J. Warren was in the first five games. And John Morant faces what T.J. did against the Heat every game. And in spite of that, still led Memphis not only to regular season spot in the playoffs, the eighth seed before the shutdown, but then one played a huge role in the pivotal game that allowed them to at least play Portland for that eighth seed to be able to defend it weren't able to they found themselves going from ninth from the eighth seed during the regular season to the ninth seed through the bubble but uh, that's the distinction and again that's why i can't you can't take numbers or averages or scoring averages and simply look at it and go well this guy averages more points than this guy or he shoots a higher percentage therefore he's a better player there's a lot more that goes into it than that. So 
Here is my conversation. We did not, I made a point of not talking to TJ about Jimmy Butler and about the Heat game because I wanted to learn more about him and what it what was behind this guy breaking out. And there's quite a bit there. I'll say this, and you'll find this out through our conversation. He could not have landed in a better place for him than the Indiana Pacers. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with TJ Warren. Congratulations on uh, the way that everything's going. Appreciate it. It's all good. So, I I do want to ask you real quick, what was it like? I got to think that that was a different experience for you the attention, having somebody try to take you out of the game and trying to find your way to, like, you know, from talking to David and your dad and a number of people about you, like, I get the sense that you're the kind of guy who wouldn't force the issue, but, you know, it's it's like, how do I play my game but stay within the game when they're paying this kind of attention to me? It had to be a new and different thing. It is new. Uh, Understanding um, it's new challenges and in all aspects of life, you know, and uh, you can't really get caught up into the moment. Um, just got to clear your mind and just play, you know. Um, yeah. You can play. I've been playing this game uh, most of my life. Uh, I invested 20-plus years into it. Uh, so just got to just relax and have fun. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Yeah. So, David was telling me about a game, an AAU game that you played in, in which uh, one of the ranking scouts, uh, ranking service guys came by and mentioned another guy on your team and was like, man, if you guys could get some talent around that kid, you guys would be pretty good. And David was struck by, oh, this dude doesn't even know that TJ is our best player and had a talk with you. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember um, I had a lot of talks with D-West growing up. Um, uh, I think uh, it's just been a a pattern for me just being an underdog. Yep. And just me just having something to prove at every level I've played basketball at. And it's just something that's always stuck with me for my whole basketball career. Yeah. And... You can't really control uh, how others may feel or how they might uh, paint pictures of you, but you got to understand that if you're true to yourself and believe in yourself, that's all that matters. But, yeah, I remember that conversation with you, Wes. Do you, who, who did you – what game was it? Do you remember who you played and what tournament it was or where it was? Or It was actually – uh, in Orlando at the, the AAU Nationals. Okay. Um, I, don't, I can't I can't remember who we were playing, but I remember sitting on the bleachers with D West after that game and uh, us having a real real deep conversation about the game. Hmm. And I think that, I think since that game, that's uh, where it changed for me 
and uh, my basketball career it kind of uh, put things into perspective, and then it just kind of changed how I viewed the game since then. I remember that. How how did it change? Um, it, it changed for the better, you know. Just understanding that uh, um, how much hard work and how much uh, dedication you have to put in front of the game, and how you got to be about your business, no matter what the circumstances. Hmm. And me being so young, I didn't really understand it. But as I got deeper into my career, as I got older, and uh, new teams, new uh, players, uh, it, it kind of uh, reminded me, like, oh, okay, this is what David was talking about. Hmm. So I just kind of it kind of prepared me for the future for my basketball career. What what didn't you do in that game that you look back you look back after that talk and thought, okay, I, I should have done this or I could have done this. What game? The the game the game that AAU game. Oh, that, I can't re- I can't rem- I can't remember what happened during the game. I just remember that we lost. Okay. Like, I can't I can't really pinpoint like exactly what happened. It's been so long. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. What what is it about you and underdogs, man? Like because because. I mean, you could have gone to UNC. You went to North Carolina State. It, it's you don't seem to me like a guy who toots his own horn and wants people to recognize you for just what you do, and doesn't feel like there's a need to do that. And yet, I think in some ways, it's people haven't recognized you as a result, right? Yeah, you know, uh, it's crazy. I, I don't know. I mean, growing up, always been up, been an underrated underdog guy. Right, um, and you know, it just—it just—I'm comfortable with that. Just being that underrated underdog guy, and it just makes me—it motivates me to be more. You know, sure. Um, you can't—you re- can't really control, like I said before, you can't control um, the rankings or how people may feel about you. But you can understand, like, um, the hard work and how much time you put into the game. Yeah. And you can see the results with that. Um, but I've always been a productive guy. I've always been somebody who was consistent. But I just feel like in this new environment I'm in with the Pacers and how everything is going, um, I feel like my hard work is starting to get noticed a little bit. Yep. But I always understand you're never too high, never too low. You always find that happy medium where you can connect um, to yourself. And understand, just kind of reflect, you know. Sure, sure. Well, you know what's crazy though is, I mean, your dad was a was a was a player at North Carolina State. It's not like people didn't know the Warren name, right? Right. I would right. think yeah, people would have seen you coming. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest thing. That's why I went to NC State because of my father. Hmm. Um, growing up, that's all I was seeing was NC State red, and I remember on the days the USC and Duke days when they played against each other. I used to wear my NC State hoodie <laughs> to school, and people would be like, "Why are you wearing this hoodie?" Yeah, and I was just like, you know "I'm saying I'm ripping the pack," you know, like yeah. I was just my heart, my heart was with the pack, yeah, regardless. And um, I know I had like UNC and, and all these other big schools, but I always I, I knew where I was going since day one. It was no secret. Huh. Well. So your dad being a, an accomplished player, and I've seen this plenty in AAU, you know, you know, dad is as good a player as your dad is and knows the game. Like, they want to control everything their son does. It seems to me like your dad was willing to hand you over to, to David and Dwayne, which is a little bit different. It, yeah. um, 
What, what, first of all, do you th- is that is that accurate? And and why do you think he did that? I know he didn't like hand me over. He just understood like the resources they had as a as a crew and at D West, um, him playing at every level in yeah. this new era. Yeah, kind of just like a like a like he was like my mentor. You know, like yeah. I still have my father, of course, and I'm gonna listen to him regardless of anybody. First and foremost, but D West being in this current era of basketball and around the, uh, these the GMs and these, these scouts and players, it's kind of just like a like a new era, you know. Mm. And I just trusted him, you know. And it's just yep. to this day, me and D West communicate daily, mm. and I mean, he, he's never steered me wrong one time. Who who is your who is the biggest influence on you as a basketball player? The biggest influence of me, uh, my pops for sure. Uh, I remember going to his summer league games in, in Raleigh, North Carolina, and just seeing the reaction of how much respect he he's got in the community, hmm. and that, it, that's that's something I try to tip my hat on and just try to follow his footsteps to when I go back to Raleigh and just showing the next generation and just just impacting the whole community in a positive way. I mean, that's that's what I want to be known for um, as I get older and, and become who I want to become. So I, my next question was going to be, who's the biggest influence on you as a person? But it sounds <laughs> sounds like the answer is the same. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, my dad, Tony Warren, he, he, he's, he's been, been that guy for me since day one. He always been there for me. See the, the the reason I asked about handing handing you off, and I, maybe that's not the right to, way to describe it, but I, you know, I kind of done the same with my kids in terms of like I, I want our relationship to be like pure and someone that they can come to, but I I wanted them the experience of being coached by someone else because by and large, as they went up, you know, they go up through the ranks, they're going to have to do that, right? It can't be about right. me, and so I wanted them to like develop that. Hey, dude, he's the coach, man. You got to do what he says. And I wondered whether that was some of what your dad was about too. Yeah, yeah. My my pops, he, he was he was much, he was really hands on with me, but he understood like as a father, kind of kind of let him venture out because when he goes to college, my dad's not going to be in practice, you know, and yep. in, the, in the NBA. My dad is not going to be in practice just trying to coach me. Yep. So it's kind of just like a, just kind of like a same situation, kind of just yep. being able to, to understand like, um, I'm at the grow up, so yep. Yep. make my own decisions yep. and, uh, put myself around people that got my best interests. And um, David and Dwayne have been those those uh, those key factors into that. Yeah. Um, you're. Uh... Everybody tells me about all the hooping you do. Like in Phoenix after practice, you're going to find at hoop games at NC State. Your dad was telling me like you were even going and hooping like before you'd have a game at NC State. You get what? What's up with that? Man, I, I love basketball. Man, it's just it's it's my it's my my safe place. It, it keeps me it keeps me sane. And, huh. I feel like when I'm not playing basketball, something's wrong. Huh. And I've always been like that. I remember playing in pickup games. Like my dad's, I'm playing in pickup games 
the days we about to play UNC. I remember, like, I, I have a lot of stories, like, me just playing pickup at random parks, uh, at random gyms, at random the Boys and Girls Club or uh, community centers. I mean, I just, anywhere in Durham Raleigh, I was always at the run. Anybody who knows me knows that. Yeah. You know, if there's basketball going on, best believe TJ is involved. What? What? Did you ever have any cats? You like, you know, what the hell are you doing here, TJ? Or like, oh yeah, absolutely. Guys are like, yo, T, y'all play UNC in like <laughs> five, six hours. I'm like, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I'm just trying to get work on my game. I, I know it's a big game. <laughs> but it's, so where, tell me where you played pickup before the UNC game. What year was this? This was my freshman year. So this was 2012. Okay. 2013. That's it. That same season. Okay. And 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 where did you go play pickup before before uh, you played Hoop, Tar Heels? Hoop City. Oh. It's a it, it's a uh, gym by the airport. It's okay. Hoop City. And and, and you're running fives. Running fives, yeah. It's like right out the class. Like, <laughs> like a morning class. I, like, I had one class that day. Oh, oh that's, that is good, man. That is good. How'd you do in that game? How'd you do against Tardios? Uh, we, we won that game. It was at NC State. Yeah, we won. Nice. 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 Um... Your dream, your uh, your old school dream car. The Chevelle seventy two, yeah. Do you do you have it, or are you are you still looking? No, I have it. So okay. Um, Nineteen seventy two, uh, Chevelle SS. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big car guy. So like, anybody who knows me knows. Yeah. I love, I love old school cars and new do- school cars. They just. Dude, you're old school. Period. You're old yeah, school all down, all the way down the line. Yeah, anybody who knows me knows like that's me. What? Where? Where do you think that comes from? Oh, uh, just having my family big influence. Hmm. My, my family, my pops, they put me on game early. I mean, my uncles, um, just the old old school music. Hmm. Uh. Odie's just just it's just the the the, uh, the vintage feel. I just grew up on that type of that type of energy, so hmm. uh, it just stuck. It just stuck with me. I remember my dad had a Thunderbird. I just all like, man, like this is seriously this is next level. It was it was a two door Thunderbird. I was just like, man, what color? What color? It was it was like a uh, like a baby blue. Oh man, it was. It was it With was, like the it was the triple tail lighter and all that. Yeah, it was clean, man. Ooh. It was it was really clean. So I'm just like, man, I can't wait till I like be able to to be able to, to get something I like. And then I love Chevy, so like I've been yeah. I was plotting the, the Impalas, the yep. Chevelles, yep. the Caprices. This is like, and I'm not done either. So like, um, thinking about getting a a '63 Impala, so. So, um, so I find the right one. I have a buddy of mine. I have a friend of mine um, who is a musician, and he wrote a song about Chevy Impala. If I can find a way, I'll send you. I'll send you a, a link to it. I'll send you a clip of it. 
just because I think you I think you'd enjoy it just because it talks about that experience of driving an Impala. Um, um, you're being in Indiana with Nate being there and being you know being a knowing your dad the way he did and going to the same high school and all that and then D West obviously knowing the organization. That ha was that just by happenstance? I mean, was that just a, a, a great accident that that's where you ended up? It's crazy because it's like, like you said before, D. West, he's familiar with the organization. And, and Nate, Nate and my dad are really good friends. And they both went to NC State, not at yep. the same time, but yep. they're from the same the same area in South, South Side of Raleigh. And, and it's crazy how it worked out. And I always look at it like everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And it's like a blessing in disguise for me to be able to be here and know that these are the same training staff that was taking care of D West when he was here. So like I think it was an automatic click um, from day one. Yeah. And um they gave me a great opportunity, man. I feel like I um stepped up and um played very well with the opportunity given. So yeah. I feel like it just it's a lot more work to be done, but I think we're headed in the right direction for sure. For sure, for sure. All right, having this, having all that's happened to you to this point, how does that reset what you're hoping to do? Like how you see yourself and what your expectations of what you're capable of now? Um, definitely something I need to, I can build on. I know what I'm capable of doing. I know how much work I put in. Like I said before, I invested 20 plus years into the game, so. I feel like whatever you put into the game is what you get out of it. I'm a firm believer in that. Hmm. Um, but just understanding that it's more work to be done and you can't be um, content or satisfied. You got you to stay hungry, stay motivated. And then this is a big one right here. Stay in love with the game. Yeah. Um, stay in love with the game. That, that really will, I think, will uh, transform the game to another level because before we was playing for all the accolades and and uh, the money and the finances, you was playing for the love of it. Yep. So just just remembering to, to stay in love with the game, I think that's something I still have with me to this day. And mm -hmm. I think that's what separates me from a lot of people is just my love for this game. That's and that's one of the hardest things, man, because the politics of the NBA will try to kill that quick. Yeah, that's on that's you. a fact, and, I, and I've, I've had years where. The politics uh, could kind of not make it fun, but yeah. even NBA, high school, college, every level, politics are involved. So it's gotta, it's part of life, you know. Yeah. It's not basketball too, so yeah. you just gotta understand that it comes with the game. So you understand. Once you understand that, then you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I'll ask you because I know I know you got to go. Uh, the um, when you got sent down to the G League. Uh, by Phoenix, what 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 yeah. kind of impact did that have on you? Well, when I when I got sent down, um, I had broke my thumb and I was coming back for rehab. And once they sent me down, it was normal for rookies to go down, especially with uh, uh, teams that had a lot of a lot of guys, a lot of vets that were playing in front of you. So mm -hmm. when I went down, I just used this opportunity to really work on my game, um, get back in shape. I have I have fractured my thumb my rookie year, so that was like a I was out for like a month right at the start of the season. So when I went down there, I just used the opportunity to kill it, man. Like I said, it's basketball, and I love to play basketball. So yeah, it was it was a 
it's tough being going down there, but once you embrace it and understand, like, this is part of the process, yep. then it makes it that easier for you. Yep. You ever spend any time with Stack, uh, uh, Steven Jackson? Stack Jack? Nah, but me and, St- me and Steven Jackson, we, uh, we, we uh, always talk a little bit on... Uh, He'd be giving me advice as well. He's a, he's a good dude, real good dude. You remind me a lot of him. It was just like the old school, old school cars, the love of the game, yeah. the like. You guys, you guys just strike me as having a lot in common. And yeah, Steven Jackson, he, he a dope dude, man. Yep. That's my god for sure. Shout yep. out to Steven Jackson. He he he's, he speaks his truth, man. Yeah. All right. Sure, hey. Authentic as they come too. Uh, amen. Amen. Well, hey, listen, I could, I, I could spend a lot more time with you. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I wish you the best of luck, man, and I look forward to uh, to meeting you in person. Yeah, I appreciate this interview, man. I, this is really cool, diverse interview for sure. I, I love what you're doing and, and getting to know. As soon as I heard you were hooked up with D, with D West, I was like, all right, I got to find out more about this dude because D West doesn't mess, doesn't mess around with people that uh, that aren't about it. That's a fact. That's so, a fact. Well, all right, appreciate man. It, man. I really do. Yeah, I'll talk to you. That does it for this episode of Buker and Friends. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with TJ Warren. In the next podcast, I will either finally get to my stories of writing for the Dartmouth Review and working with, uh, believe it or not, some of the Fox people you know well or love and hate well, Laura Ingram, Dinesh D'Souza, He's not on Fox, but he's of the same ilk. And my experience is writing sports for that conservative newspaper, how it began and how it ended. Don't know if I'm going to get to that in the next podcast. A lot of NBA action going on, a lot of conversation there. And who knows, may have another guest from the bubble like TJ. So stay tuned and we'll bring it to you. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.